there's a lot of research out there talking about how it will be healthier if we know our own language. That's good for your own self. It's close to elders, and that's good for family. So, how can we raise our awareness? Myself, my family, community, village, even church. All the indigenous society need to be woken up first to know the importance of our own language. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Aspen Bielhartz. Taiwan is an island of many languages, and it always has been. Before Mandarin, Taiwanese, Hakka, and English, Taiwan's indigenous peoples spoke more than 20 distinct languages. Many of them still exist today, and are even recognized as official national languages. But like indigenous languages around the world, they're in danger of dying out after centuries of social upheaval and ongoing marginalization. Today, I'm talking to one of the people fighting to keep them alive. I am Abai Ayu Tang. Usually, they call me Tang Ayu. It's my Chinese name, and Abai is my original Tulugu name. Abai Ayu Tang is a linguist and an associate professor at National Donghua University. Coming from the Taroko people, or Tailu Gertzu, in modern-day Hualien, she spent more than 10 years working on language maintenance and revitalization. I was raised by my grandparents, who speak Turku very well, of course. They're, they're proficient speakers. Apai's own experiences showed her how important language is as a part of identity. I used to be a nurse, and I don't really take care of my own language. You know, it's just a tool for me to speak with my grandparents and, and be close to my family. So I use that language. And then I got some kind of influence from my grandfather, especially. I switched my job as an English teacher. Then I, I have a chance to go to uh, Hawaii for a master's degree and also a PhD degree. In the process, I joined a student group who we, we all like emphasize our own language. We started to realize that how important our own language is. I had a chance to collect some Dogu song from my grandpa and talk to him about the traditional stories and other traditional lifestyle stuff like that. And I just started to appreciate my own language and I started to feel, wow, this is, this is beautiful. How come I didn't really take care of, how come I didn't really emphasize on it in the past? And I could even feel like a kind of inferior to speak it, to speak Turuku in the public area. I came back home, I mean, came back to Taiwan and started to, to see some change in my own life. Like I was just strongly or sometimes purposely to speak Turuku in the public area. And also I love to speak Turuku in my village, whoever they are. So uh, I started to see the change and just seeing my own past experience, I believe there is a strong link between our own language and also uh, self-identity, or I can even say self-confidence. Apai is not the only person who started paying more attention to this. Recent decades have also seen Taiwan, at a government level, developing a multifaceted indigenous language policy. Do you feel like Taiwan is going in a good direction heading into the future? I said the term for the language policy is right, like immersion, like kindergarten uh, immersion program, also this uh, immersion program, language program in the elementary school, or uh, master apprentice program, like one apprentice learning la- indigenous language from 
one master. So those are right. They use this this thing, uh, you know, from New Zealand, from Hawaii, MA program from California. But just having a policy doesn't necessarily get the results. The direction is right, but then I think we lack of evaluating how they are doing. Are they are they doing it right direction? In order for a language to be survived, there's two key factors, two indicators. One is the intergenerational transmission. We see that like an older generation transmit their language at home to the younger generation. We don't see that. Number two, we don't see the number of speakers increasing. It's been like 20 years doing this language revitalization, but we don't see speakers. So there's a problem. We have a policy. How come we don't see the outcome? Apai believes that the answer is in going local, with programs driven by communities themselves. My focus is on bottom-up or grassroots language revitalization efforts, because based on research, in order for a language to survive, language use is the key point. Then, uh, in order for a language to be used, they need to have three conditions, where we have to have the language proficiency, of course. We have a chance to speak with our Stoku peace speaker. Then we have to have motivation. I found myself, like starting from my own experience, motivation is important, proficiency is important too, but if I don't have this motivation, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to use it or I don't want to speak it. So my focus is on how can we raise our consciousness or raise our awareness. Myself, my family, community, village, even church, all the indigenous society need to be wakened up first to know the importance of our own language. So I write paper about uh, how can we raise our own motivations from school project or from work with church or work with the organization or small association in the village. I collaborate with some young people in my village and we just started our own association to help the young people to know our own Tulku culture. We collect all this like uh, Tulku clothing or hunting stuff or weaving stuff, something that we use uh, in our traditional life and so that people come to this room. We, ha- we actually have an exhibition room in the village. We ask people who are interested to join and to look around, just look around how the Tulku traditional life look like. So we build up something concrete so people can see who we are. Keeping culture visible in this way is more than just keeping a museum. As far as Apai is concerned, being able to see and make contact with one's own culture is the foundation for staying connected with it. From my own observation, you know, people, if people don't see something existing, they started to lose their memory or, you know, started to fade out, their concentration will be on something that's around it. So I think those people who go to urban area, you know, to make a living, they have less contact or less chances to speak through or see the culture. Unless some people who have some strong conscience about their, their own language or culture and they will, you know, purposely do something. In general, motivation to learn uh, through or other indigenous language or culture are much less in terms of young people. That's what I see. 
Of course, if there is some purpose for them to use the language or to learn the language, for example, people, you know, young people have to pass the uh, indigenous language certificate. In order to get further education, they have to pass this. So those things, I was said, it's a, it's called instrumental motivation, meaning their motivation to learn language is not from inside out. So it doesn't last long. So it, once they got the purpose, for example, they, okay, I passed the exam, I passed the indigenous language exam, then I will, I'll be able to go to college. Then after that, they drop. So I agree, create some situation or create some kind of environment for them to have opportunity to contact our language first. But afterward, we need to help them to see how important it is to use your own language so that the motivation can be changed from instrumental to, we call it integrative motivation, meaning inside out. I want to learn my own language or culture so that I can be close to my elders or with my family, or I just love it because that's part of me. There's a lot of research out there talking about how it will be healthier if we know our own language. That's good for your own self and good for your cognitive skills. It's close to elders and that's good for family. You know, the family bound together. They want to transmit their culture. But this is a big thing. This is like structural thing, the whole structure. It's a structural issue, which means that individuals have an uphill battle trying to create change. But Apai still finds hope in planting seeds. I work with some, a few people who have the same mind and same strategies. So when I work with them, uh, we started to see some sprout, for example. Like we started to see some small uh, little, little kids starting to speak our language from noun to a, uh, to a phrase, then a simple sentence, then they can dialogue. So I still see some hope if you, uh, if you want to work with some people who are having the same mind and try to increase a couple of speakers, everything start from small thing, then the small thing will grow. That's our belief and that gives us hope. And that does it for this week's episode of Taiwan Talk. I'm Aspen Beilharts, and I've been talking to Apai Ayu Tang, Associate Professor in Indigenous Languages and Communication at National Donghua University. Until next week, thanks for listening.